0: You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit MyElevationCC.org. Well, good morning. I don't know about you, when I was a kid, one of my favorite games to play was called Alligator Swamp. Many of you may have played it and you called it a different name. That's fine, you're wrong. I was right, it was Alligator Swamp. And so what we would do is we would line up as a team and the whole objective was we had pillows or a pad that represented a stone or a lily pad. The objective was to cross over the alligator-infested swamp without touching any part of your body on the swamp water. If you did, an alligator ate your leg and you were out. And so what we'd have to do is you'd start, the first person would start with the pillow and they'd step on, make sure that they're on the pillow and make sure that the, everything's right. And then it gets more complicated because then you add another pillow and then you add another person. And so you step onto the next stone and then the next person has to step here and then you keep passing the pillows and passing the people and passing the pillows. And then you try to make it onto the other side, your whole entire team without getting eaten by alligators. And I feel like this series, I'm on alligator swamp. (laughs) Because you talk politics and all of a sudden the alligators just start coming out, right? And everyone has their own opinion. Everyone has their own person they're voting for. And everyone has their own philosophies. And what the Bible says and how we should do this. And this is wrong and this is right. And the pastor is in a really tough spot. And so in this series, I want to start off by laying a couple pillows or a couple lily pads, okay, that we can kind of step on and not get eaten by alligators. And so what I wanna do is the first uh, disclaimer is this. Um, I'm not gonna tell you how to vote. I'm gonna tell you what source to go to in order to be guided to vote. Okay, But I'm not telling you, it is not my job, it's not even our, the church's job to tell you which candidate to vote for, but we can guide you in the truth and the kingdom of God, and that's what we're going to talk about. Disclaimer number two, don't tune me out if you don't like what you're hearing. We have a four-week series, and I can't cover everything and defend everything and clarify everything I'm saying and not saying, and... It's a struggle. So please don't write me a letter or an email today telling me what I've missed and what I didn't cover. Hopefully, we will cover it as we go. Um, Again, my goal is to draw you back to the Word of God, to draw you back to truth, to draw you back to your identity, then guide you to vote. Disclaimer number three, I realize that there are people in here who really don't give a rip to vote. They think it's all messed up and they think it's all rigged anyways. And you're not alone if you're here and you think that. And I just wanna tell you something, two things. Number one, many men and women fought and given their ultimate sacrifice, even their lives, to preserve a freedom where people who call themselves citizens of this country have a voice and get to vote. So many countries don't have that privilege, okay? And I also want to let you know that as I'm going to say, actually, let's just go to goal number one. Let's just go to goal number one of this series because I'm covering it. Uh, Oh, sorry, I'm a little ahead of myself. Tony Evans, this is a book called How Should Christians Vote?, um, this, it, there's so many good resources out there, but I just want to let you know for the next four weeks, uh, the whole idea behind this really comes from this book. And so if you really uh, want to dig in deeper and kind of uh, see these points in a whole new light, uh, order the book on Amazon, it's, it's like nine bucks, and it's a three-chapter, three-to-four-chapter book. So uh, it just, he gives a whole new perspective, and we're gonna cover some of that, so I wanna give credit to Tony Evans as well because he has uh, provided this resource and this uh, curriculum to make possible. So um, thank you, Tony Evans, for that. Now let's go to the goals of this series the goals of this series. So don't tune me out, let's just process this together. Number one is if we can accomplish this goal in this series, I believe that we will be successful. Number one is awaken to our rich privilege and our Christian responsibility to have a voice by voting. So I wanna go back to what I was saying about registering to vote. If you have not registered to vote, you have one week left. October 5th, you can do it online. We may even provide that uh, link uh, on Facebook. But we also send out ECC weekly emails, by the way. If you're not getting those emails, please see someone at the guest center and we'll get your correct email. But we will send that link out. But it's so important. Not just, if, if you want to argue that your American freedom doesn't exist, and you want to argue that there is no good politician, there's no good candidate to vote for, that is your right. But let me tell you this, friends, if you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you don't represent the United States of America, you represent the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God, as we're going to see, is all about having a voice and expanding its kingdom. You have a voice, And you use that voice by voting. We're going to talk today what that looks like, voting according to the kingdom of God. But if I can challenge you and persuade you enough to have a voice and register to vote and show up to vote or get an absentee ballot to vote, then I think this series has done its job. Point number two, goal number two. We are going to realign ourselves to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, quick definition, is his rule and his reign over everything. That's God's kingdom. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That's his rule and his reign. Now we know that Jesus, when he came, before he died on the cross, he came to give us the kingdom of God. He says, no one can come to the kingdom of God except through me. I'm the way, the truth, the life. So he made that very obvious and the kingdom of God started to come and we see the Holy Spirit coming upon the new, the, the first church and filling the temples of God, which is the believers. And we see the kingdom of God in glimpses and seeds and and experiences here and there. But let's just be honest, it's going to get worse and worse and worse until the kingdom of God comes in all its completion. And what that looks like is the eastern sky is going to split. And Jesus is going to come on a white horse. And you know what he is saying, I am still on the throne. I've always been on the throne and I will forever be on the throne. That's what Jesus is saying. So by the way, if you want to put Jesus in the ballot name, he's not running. He already has his office. Okay? It's on the throne. Jesus is king. And we want to align ourselves to his kingdom in how we vote, in how we make decisions in life and in how we work through circumstances that come our way. Friends, if you're not aligned to the kingdom of God in how you live out your life, then what are you aligned with? The world. Number three, we want to turn our hearts back to God in prayer for our nation. You see, God doesn't skip the church to fix the White House. Let me say that again. God doesn't skip the church, the kingdom of God, the representatives of the kingdom of God to fix the White House. He wants to fix the church, align the church to the kingdom of God so that we would change the culture. And the culture changes the government. We are called to pray. And I don't know about you, if you've ever experienced God answer your prayers, but God says, if you humble yourself and you repent, you turn from your wicked ways and you seek God first, God says, I will always answer. And so we're gonna do that right now. And every Sunday of this series, we're gonna take time to pray before we get into the content. Because guys you can vote all you want. You can post whatever you want on Facebook and social media and you can say whatever you want. But if you're not on your knees, that's where the power's at. And so I'm gonna, before you, just humble myself and get on my knees and pray. And I'm welcoming any of you to join me. Heavenly Father, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we uh, declare our need for you. We've pushed you out in every corner of our country and our lives. And we're seeing the fruit of that God. We call upon your name, knowing that what Christ did on the cross is good enough, more than enough for us and our future generations. And right now, Lord, I just ask before you heal our land that you would heal the church, those who proclaim your name, those who wear the cross upon their lives. God, that we would get right with you by turning from our wicked ways, that we would we would rid ourselves from following the patterns of this world and that we would look like the cross, we would look like Jesus more and more and that would change and shift the atmospheres of our culture, God, that wars would cease, riots would cease, worship would rise, your name, Lord Jesus, would take over. We need you, God. Raise up all children of God to have a voice and to understand that the kingdom of God is waiting to be expanded. And it might just be through the church of this generation that sees a revival in our land and sees God's hand once again come and revive us. Jesus, take my words, my human flawed, broken words, and pierce our hearts, God. Give us clarity and give us peace. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Before we talk about kingdom voters and how to vote according to the kingdom, we need to define the kingdom. We need to define what it means to be of the kingdom, and how to live by the kingdom of God. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are not of this world. You are a citizen and ambassador of a heavenly kingdom that does not belong to this world. And so we need to learn to operate according to the kingdom's agenda, the kingdom's perspective, and the kingdom's definition. And so, I'd like to look at the kingdom agenda. The kingdom agenda is simply this that the visible demonstration and manifestation of the comprehensive rule and reign of God would take over every area of life. Let me say that again it's the visible demonstration, it's the manifestation of the comprehensive rule and reign of God over every area of our lives. That's the goal of the kingdom. That's why Jesus came, to bring the kingdom. And he will come again to permanently, once and for all, bring the kingdom. But right now, guess who's bringing the kingdom? You and me. Or at least we're supposed to. Now let's look at the kingdom perspective. If we are of the kingdom, this is what we're supposed to be seeing things as, and this is how we're supposed to be looking at things. And the kingdom perspective is tied to one subject and one subject alone. It is that God's glory would be made known through the expansion or the advancement of God's kingdom. You hear pastors and Christians use that terminology, advancing the kingdom of God. That's exactly what it means. It means that God's glory is being made known in and through the people who represent the kingdom of God. That's what it's about. So if you're part of the kingdom of God, it's about spreading God's glory. How do you spread God's glory? By his glory living in you. So, we have the kingdom agenda and we have the kingdom perspective. Now let's look at the definition of kingdom voting. We have a voice in the kingdom. But thanks to this country and the many men and women who have served and given their lives, we also have voice in this nation and the government that was founded many, many, many years ago that we're still reaping the benefits from. It is this. Kingdom voting is the opportunity and the responsibility of committed Christians to partner with God by expanding his rule in society through civil government. Now, I would like for you to read that with me so it kind of sticks and settles in our mind. Ready? Go the opportunity more and responsibility of committed Christians to partner with God by expanding his rule in society through civil government. Tony Evans says this, it is only to the degree that you include God's persons, person and God's policy, stop right there. When you vote, you are voting for not just a person. That's where we get it wrong. We Oh, are they a good person or a bad person? Oh, do they think this way or do they think this way? Oh, what's their past history? What's their behind the, what's their highlight reel in their life? And do I approve of that or do I not? What it's saying is you vote for the person that represents the persons that you care about, meaning the kingdom of God, people that the kingdom of God loves and protects and provides for. We also vote for policies. And so we want, we want to see this. We want to see the degree that you include God's person and God's policy in society through civil government as he defines it, that we then can see more and more healing in the church so that it can be modeled to the culture. The church needs God's healing the church needs to be realigned with the kingdom of God that only comes through the cross of Jesus Christ. We need to be realigned because, guys, we have a dying, starving, desperate society that needs us to change the atmosphere of our culture, which will then change the nation. That's what we long to see. But the church has to awaken to this, and we have to take a stand for the kingdom of God. And so, I would like for all of us to stand. I'd like for all of us to cross our heart with our right hand. And I would love for us to say the Pledge of Allegiance by memory or by reading it off the screen. Ready? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. You may be seated. As this slide stays on for a minute, the rest of the message, we're gonna look at the problem, and then we're gonna look at God's solution through kingdom voters, and then we're gonna quickly look at the church's part to play in all of this. So the problem, you're looking at it. The problem is not the Pledge of Allegiance. The problem is, is we have strayed from the godly pledge that built this country. I pledge allegiance. We don't even know what allegiance is anymore. We're devoting ourselves to stuff in organizations we don't even understand. And we don't know what the backbone of those organizations are. And we just join it because it sounds good, feels good. Must be right. Pledge allegiance to the flag. This flag means something, especially to men and women who put on the uniform, and it's specifically those who have fought on foreign soil for the protection and preservation of this flag, which is just a symbol of the freedom that is represented right here, the freedom to worship, the freedom to vote, the freedom to protect ourselves, the freedom to be under God. And to the republic for which it stands, you know what the republic is? It's the people of the nation that are supposed to be in the driver's seat. That's the republic. It's the people guiding and driving the government. And what are we seeing? We're seeing the government flipped the table, and the government calls the shots. The government dictates and govern the nation. That's not how our nation was founded, and that is not how the kingdom of God operates. When Jesus Christ comes in all his fullness, we will reign and rule on this earth as the kingdom of God. And so the Republic was built upon the Constitution, but also built upon the Kingdom of God and the principles of the Kingdom of God that the people need to have a voice in the government, and the government not being the voice of the people. One nation. (laughs) Have you seen our nation? We sure are one. We've got all these different organizations and all these different platforms and all different supporters. We're supposed to be one. We're Supposed to be one, unified. Just because we disagree doesn't mean we can't be unified. Just because your Christian brother and sister don't vote the way that you do or f- believe the way you do, doesn't mean you can't be friends. Under God. Friends, that doesn't exist much anymore. We've pushed God out of our schools. We've pushed God out of our public places, our government buildings, our jobs. We've pushed God out of our lives. We've pushed God out of the Bible. We've pushed God out of the church. And we're supposed to be a nation under God. Friends, you need to understand that when you remove yourself from being under God, you are going under. Did anyone get that? When you are no longer under God's rule and reign, you are going under. Indivisible. Division is burning down buildings, tearing down statues, building walls against color of skin. Friends, if you cut me open right now, I look the same inside than all of you. And every person of different color, once you get down beneath the skin, it's all the same, created in God's image. And we're divided. A kingdom divided cannot stand. With liberty, friends, our liberty, not just as Christians, but as Americans, our liberty is being threatened, thwarted, and torn down and while we still have a voice it needs to be heard and justice for all if this goes away and God goes away I pray I'm not here to reap the justice that may come So I say all this to present to you the problem. The problem is we have removed ourselves from underneath God's rule and his reign. And I wanna show you just an example of what happens when we remove ourselves from underneath God's rule and reign. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 15. Hebrews chapter 3, if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn. You can also pull out your phones and get a Bible app, but it will be on the screen. We're reading from the New Living Translation, and it says this. God is speaking to God's people. This is in the New Testament, okay? Today, when you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience. That's a lot because it even says that God is patient and kind, slow to anger. They've done something to get God mad. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them and I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger... I took an oath, they will never enter my place of rest. Be careful then, brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that no one, none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God, that's being under God, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed we will share in all that belongs to Christ, his kingdom. Remember what it says. Today, when you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. There's something to be said when we remove God from the picture. We are set for failure, disaster, and destruction. Church, today's the day for us to decide who we're under, whose authority we're under. And so I wanna give you the solution The solution is God's kingdom. They're the winners. The kingdom of God will reign forever and ever. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our God and he shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah, hallelujah, right? (laughs) Partnering with God by expanding his rule in society through civil government. This is the solution, friends that those who proclaim to be a part of the kingdom of God, which only comes through accepting Jesus's forgiveness and salvation work on the cross, partnering with God by expanding his rule and his reign through society, in society, through civil government. Guys, God did not bring his kingdom to pick sides. I'm really sad to tell you, but God is not a Republican. I'm really sad to tell you that God is not a Democrat. God is not an independent. God is not libertarian. God is God. He rules the nations. He reigns over all. And here's the thing. He doesn't take sides. He comes to take over. He doesn't take sides. He comes to take over. And that is what's going to happen in the end. I want to look at three scriptures real quick on the screen. Feel free to take your cell phones out, by the way, and take pictures of this so you can take it home and make it your own. Psalm 22 says this about the kingdom of God. The royal power belongs to the Lord. He rules all the nations whether you like it or not whether you feel it or not whether you believe it or not god is over all nations he rules over everything daniel chapter 2 verse 20 through 21 he controls the course of the world's events he removes kings and presidents and he sets up other kings and presidents not you god does God is in control. God is sovereign. When your world falls apart, he is still on his throne. When things happen against you and you feel like death is ready to come your way and destruction is happening, he is still on the throne. When a person you don't want gets in office and gets in office and things get worse and worse, God is still on the throne. He is still on the throne and he is sovereign and in control. Whoo! The Lord's plans stand forever firm. His intentions can never be shaken. What joy for the nation whose God is the Lord under God will bring indivisible with liberty and justice. You remove God, you have neither of those. So I want to give you an illustration, okay? Tony Evans uses this in his book, and I wanna just bring it to light as we're talking about politics, okay? I wanna use the illustration of the NFL. What a great illustration in times like these. Some of you are like, nope, not listening. It's okay, it's okay, I'm not gonna take a knee, you're okay. So what we see in football is there are two opposing teams. They don't like each other, they're ready to rip each other's heads off, Some of them are foaming from the mouth, ready to win and get a victory by having more touchdowns and field goals than the other team. Two opposing teams, 60 minutes, they have to war against each other to declare to the world who is the greatest. There's different teams, obviously. Two different sets of players. Two different sets of coaching staff and personnel two different sets of plays and strategies and philosophies. Do you know that there's a third team on the field in this crazy, chaotic competition? They are called the NFL officials, the referees, the final say. They don't take sides, well, they're not supposed to, They don't take sides because that's not what they're called to do. They do not have allegiance to either of the franchise teams at all. Their devotion and their allegiance goes to one place, and that is called the kingdom of the NFL in New York City. The NFL organization and headquarters calls the shots. They have defined the rules of the game. The referees, the officials, they wear a black and white jersey, which symbolizes two things. Number one, their identity. They are neither one team or the other. They are neutral. And it also represents that they are an authority and they are going to carry out the rules of the game by governing the regulations and the values and policies of the game. Can you imagine being a referee and having to make the calls, the tough calls, not by feelings, not by preference, but by the policies? Sometimes you're going to get booed, things thrown at you, and sometimes you're going to be cheered and their biggest, greatest hero. Can you imagine, and we've seen it before, When a referee who is supposed to be devoted to the NFL, not to either team, but they let their preferences and their feelings and their allegiance to maybe another team on the field, they symbolically take off the referee's jersey and put on the other jersey of the other team. What would happen to that referee? Well, hopefully he'd be kicked out of the game and he would no longer have a job because he compromised the values and the protocol of the kingdom of the NFL. Each referee is given a manual, a game playbook. This governs, this dictates the game, nothing else. When there is a tough call, they go to the manual. Referees don't use any other book because if they use another book, they're not following the guidelines of the NFL. Every call, And every flag that's thrown should be driven by the playbook. And so friends, I'd like to propose to you today that we are in a battle, a serious, important football game of our government and our nation. You have two major opposing teams, the Republicans and the Democrats and they are after each other like no other. They are ready to tear the heads off of their their opponents. They have separate policies. They have separate different people and leaders. They have separate different strategies and policies, beliefs and philosophies of governing. And if we're not careful, and that third team doesn't take the field, we are going to destroy ourselves. So who's that third team? It's the kingdom of God that is supposed to be reigning and ruling among all nations. We're specifically talking about America today. And friends, the only jersey that we should be wearing. Not the jersey of another opponent that's on the field, but we are called as the kingdom of God to represent the one color red that represents the blood of Jesus that was spilled on the cross, that paid for our life and brought the kingdom of God. That's our identity, and that is what we're supposed to stand on, and that's what dictates how we govern, and how we vote friends i'm not saying don't wear a republican jersey i'm not even saying don't wear a democrat jersey or don't wear another party's jersey as you are led by the word of god in the kingdom of god to make your decision that is fine support your candidate support what you believe represents or best represents the kingdom of God. But please don't wear their jersey as your identity. Wear the jersey of the cross of Jesus Christ that paid for your life. Then vote accordingly. Not the other way around. The playbook we have is one playbook and it's called the word of God. It guides us in every situation. It shows what government and politics should look like it shows what is right and what is wrong. It is the black and white Jersey playbook. And friends, what is so dangerous and so unfortunate is Christians who represent the cross of Jesus Christ have switched manuals and they go to social media and they go to other platforms and magazines and articles and and books. And they forget the manual which guides them in representing the kingdom of God that is going to rule and reign. We have to allow this to be our guide. If we don't, we're gonna see more of this. Tony Evans quote, one of the greatest tragedies in the church of Jesus Christ today is that we have lost our ability and authority to be an influence on those around us. We've lost this because we have divided and aligned ourselves with the politics of men. We have allowed the realities of politics to build a division between us. Rather than be the third team with the power from the allegiance to a whole other king and kingdoms, believers have taken sides with the two teams on the field. Believers have allowed political expediency to override the kingdom of God. That's the danger of when we remove ourselves from underneath God. We are called to be under God first and foremost and to lead our lives governed and guided by his kingdom, by his word and the power of the cross. When we do that, as we've seen in our nation in years past, and we see it in the Bible when people place themselves underneath God's authority, when that happens, we can see this come to pass. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Don't be afraid, for I, the Lord of hosts, am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. When you... Align yourselves under God's kingdom and his authority. You can be like David standing before an impossible force and your trust in the Lord Almighty slings that stone and knocks the giant down. You can be like Gideon who's facing 132,000 enemy soldiers and the Lord takes his army from thousands to 300. And because Gideon and his army was trusting the Lord and they were under God's authority, guess who won? The 300 over 132,000 soldiers. And I love this in 2 Chronicles, King Jehoshaphat. I just love that name. If we have another kid, I'm gonna call him Jehoshaphat because he's fat, man. Sorry. Just making sure you're awake. So, this is what King Jehoshaphat did that so many Christians forget to do. He realizes an impossible situation. Armies of many kingdoms are coming against him. And he does this. Sadly, Christians in America. When things are falling apart around them, they just go and try to fix them in their own power. Just blast it on social media. Friends, the church is going to change the culture when we do this. And we look to God and Jehoshaphat's prayer was this, God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And as you are representatives of the kingdom of God, don't be looking at the play field. Don't be looking at the destruction and the chaos that's running around you. Look up. Look up to the kingdom of God, the rule and the reign of God. Look up. And you will see this, but you will not even need to fight this battle. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. And guess what? They didn't even send their army out first. Their greatest soldiers, you know what they sent out? Their worshipers. They worship God. And God defeated the armies without them pulling out a sword. If we remain under God and God's kingdom and we represent and carry out the principles, the policies, and the persons of the kingdom of God, we can see this. We can stand firm and trust that God is in control. Now, as the band comes up, the last point, what is the church's part in all of this? It's very simple. We are called to stand up, have a voice and expand the kingdom of God in which you represent. Do you know as a Christian, you're a foreigner in this world? You're a stranger. You're an ambassador from a heavenly kingdom with heavenly power and authority. We need to use that. I don't know, many of you may have tuned in uh, virtually. Franklin Graham led a prayer march in Washington, D.C. yesterday. Jonathan Kahn led a return of prayer and repentance in our country's capital. We have to return to prayer. So we need to fight for your life, not to party. Fight for your life to be under God. First and foremost, it starts with you. Are you under God's authority, rule and reign? Are you allowing his kingdom to work through you? starts with you. Number two, please, parents, fight for your families to be under God. It is your heavenly authority and responsibility to lead your kids into understanding, commitment, and a life underneath the kingdom of God. Please don't be another statistic of 75% of Christian teens, when they leave the home, they leave their faith it's because we're no longer fighting for our families. we become passive parents. We have to fight. And number three, fight for your nation to return to be God, under God once again. We have to take this seriously, friends. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. I'm so thankful that there is hope in you. I'm so thankful that those who trust in the Lord will mount up on wings like eagles. They will soar, they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. God, we look to you We look to you, Jesus. Our eyes are looking up right now. No matter how dark, no matter how uh, um, divided, no matter what the destruction is around us, we look to you because you are still on the throne. We ask your kingdom to come and your will be done in this coming election, God. And no matter what happens, we're going to worship you, we're gonna praise you, and we're gonna look to your kingdom. No matter what, God. No matter what. And now, God, right now, as your citizens, as your people, as your children of God, we rise up. Church, stand on your feet. And now let's worship God and his faithfulness. No matter what happens, he is faithful. Do you believe that? No matter where your family and your marriage is right now in life, he is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. faithful. Let's worship